Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef, equipping us to grow into a deeper walk with Christ. Part of Night Vision each weeknight. Details at vision.org.au. The 2020 Summer Series on Vision Christian Radio. Glad when we have had an earlier conversation along these lines and talking about demonic activity and uh, the reason why I contacted you and uh, wanted to bring you in on this conversation is that I know you take a really good, balanced, biblical approach to what's happening. And along with that, you've got this incredibly huge experience working in nations around the world where the spiritual realm does appear to be heightened, bigger than it sometimes appears in Australia. And so I wonder whether we start our conversation just talking about uh, what happens in Australia compared to what happens in other nations around the world, because other nations do seem to have a heightened appreciation of this level of spirituality. What are your thoughts? Yes, in Eastern religion, there is a a heightened understanding of the spiritual world. No doubt about that. That's a little bit different uh, to the thinking within the Australian Christian community and the secular community. The tendency is within Australia uh, to appropriate these things to tribal religions, maybe in Africa and other places. Here it takes a, 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 a different form, if you like, uh, a more secularized understanding. But nonetheless, it is there and it needs to be dealt with. So when we talk about a secularized understanding, does that mean that in some ways we have tried to explain away the sorts of spiritual activity that might be going on in some people's lives? Absolutely. Uh, That's exactly what I meant. And uh, very often people that have been involved, for instance, in drug use uh, over a prolonged period of time will manifest specific signs of demonic activity. The tendency is for the secular community uh, to treat some of these uh, manifestations, as we would call them, with such medication such as Prozac uh, to lessen the manifestations or the symptoms. Uh, Let's talk about the sorts of nations in which you're working. And when we talk about being a mission leader, uh, with 600 churches and across all of those different nations and coming from these different uh, spiritualities, uh, what sort of experiences have you personally had perhaps over the years where you've seen this demonic manifestation in people's lives? Yeah, uh, we've seen it particularly in some forms of sickness. Now, just let me say, not all sickness is caused by demonic manifestation for your listeners out there, but there are some that are. And uh, when we have uh, specific illnesses that are caused by demonic powers, there are certain indicators um, when we begin to pray uh, for those individuals that the sickness has a very strong spiritual root. So uh, when we talk about the connection then between uh, the demonic and sickness, Mm. uh, this is probably one of the ways it manifests itself uh, through sickness. Is that... uh, That's one of the ways... Uh, that demonic activity will uh, evidence itself in people. Now, a good example of this is, say you're praying with a person, um, as I have done, for instance, with a crippled foot. Uh, This was particularly in India, uh, this instance. And as I laid my hands upon the man's foot to pray for him, he suddenly grabbed his hip. 
And uh, I said through the interpreter, has the pain that's associated with this crippling here, is, has that now, pain now moved to his hip? And so he asked the fellow and he said, yes, yes. So I then understood that when, once I'd laid my hands upon his foot, that the actual crippling was caused by a demonic influence, demonic power. I then changed my prayer to exorcising the spirit of infirmity that was in the man and the foot instantly returned to normal. Okay, let's talk about that word exorcising for a few moments, uh, spelt different to the sort of uh, exorcising that we might do as we take a walk. Uh, this is uh, This is a significant word. And from time to time, you'll see headlines. They're sort of global headlines about the Catholic Church, in fact, uh, increasing their focus on this idea of exorcism. And a lot of listeners, uh, they might even have in their mind, uh, you know, images of old movies like The Exorcist, in which the priest goes in with the holy water and, uh, and you know, there's vomiting and all sorts of things that are going on, uh, you know, quite uh, crazy scenes. Uh, but this word exorcising, uh, this is typically associated with the idea of deliverance from demons and it happens uh, not only in the Catholic Church but also in Protestant churches as well. That's right. You'll often find uh, in the back of the prayer books that, uh, well, certainly the older ones, I'm not too sure with the more recent ones of both the Anglican Church and the Catholic Church, that there are specific prayers uh, listed there for exorcism. So this is not something which is new to the church or uncommon uh, to the church as far as the history of the church is concerned, but certainly um, it is raising its head more lately uh, as people are confronted with issues that they don't really know how to deal with within people. Now, the very important question here, Gladwin, and uh, there'll be listeners who maybe thinking about their own uh, status, whether they're feeling unwell or whether they've had all sorts of visions, uh, uh, sometimes people seeing all sorts of things, even visibly, and wondering whether this is the demonic. Uh, I wonder whether uh, some, some insights into how you might self-diagnose if you, in fact, are being affected by the demonic realm. Uh, are there special things that you might look for? How does, how does that sort of thing tend to manifest itself? Normally with uncontrollable impulses, sometimes with uh, sicknesses which are medicated, but the medication does not seem to take any effect over a long period of time. And I mean, I'm talking about uh, issues here of continuing illnesses which do not respond to uh, medication. There's a couple of instances. Others are, you know, people feeling compulsions to do things which are abnormal and uh, which they feel strongly propelled to do. And they know those things are wrong, but they have absolutely no control over them. That's a good sign uh, that a person is possessed. A biblical perspective of life, culture and current events. The 2020 Summer Series on Vision. Yes, well, it's interesting that you should uh, raise that because there was a case in Cardiff with, some, uh, with a Pentecostal church where um, not used to the practice of exorcism, uh, they 
senior pastor there and a couple of his elders decided that they would exercise what they believed to be a demon out of a woman. And what they did was they punched the woman. The woman eventually died as a result of that. And you can imagine the ongoing uh, police involvement and cases that were brought against the church as a result of that. That results from ignorance, not an understanding of how biblical exorcism works. It's interesting. You find the same thing in um, Islam, which has an exorcist movement. Um, they, in the East, will also punch people to try and uh, remove the demon and the demonic influence out of an individual. That's just one method that's used. <laughs> now, it's interesting that we can talk about all sorts of methods and mm. what people do here, what people do there. As Christian believers, as people who've put our faith in Christ, uh, we have a high view of the Bible. Uh, we look to the uh, central uh, person, the central personality of the Scriptures for some guidance here. And I wonder what you could reflect on as to Jesus, his methods of uh, of deliverance, and of course, uh, even his discussion about the presence of demons in people's lives. What are your thoughts on on Jesus as the central character of the whole Bible that we'd look to to follow if we're looking for principles here? Well, when we're looking for principles, uh, Acts ten thirty eight says that Jesus went around healing all that was sick and oppressed of the devil. It doesn't say that all sickness there is demonic oppression or possession. There's a difference between oppression and possession. We may discuss that in a little while. But obviously, uh, the New Testament believers, the apostles, they use the name of Jesus. Um, and the fact that uh, there was authority that was invested in the early church and the early apostles and believers to take authority over these things through his name. Uh, because they saw that there was an authority in his name. That went with healing, uh, such as we read uh, Peter and John outside of the temple, healing the man that was lame in the feet. Though there is no exorcism mentioned there, what we do see is the authority in the name of Jesus. So it's the authority in the name of Jesus. And uh, the scripture tells us in Hebrews uh, 9, uh, 4, how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from the dead works to serve the living God. You see, frequently uh, possession or oppression comes about through the dead works that people are involved in. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll con we will talk about oppression and possession. Yes. Uh, that's an important <laughs> one to talk about. And, well, let, let's let's uh, let's just bring that uh, to the fore now, because somebody says, uh, "I've got a demonic problem. Am I possessed by the devil or a demon, uh, or is this an oppression from a demon?" How would you tell the difference? We tell the difference normally by uh, firstly entering into a, a place of prayer with the individual. But the Lord has also given us the uh, gift of discernment of spirits. And we need to discern, I believe, firstly and primarily, is this possession or is it oppression? Oppression is the demonic influence externally to a body. The other is where a spirit, a demonic, indwells a person. And those are two different types of uh, deliverance that a person may require, depending how they are afflicted. 
So once you start to pray, you get a very clear indication um, whether a person is possessed. Normally, what will happen is the person will begin to manifest and uh, that manifestation may occur in a number of different ways. It may occur with, in actual fact, sometimes in Papua New Guinea, stones will actually come out of a person's mouth. Very difficult to believe, but that's what happens. There sometimes will be coughing, vomiting, and the physiognomy, the face of a person will change uh, inordinately um, you know, into a figure frequently that a person could not with his musculature um, evidence on his own without there being some other influence. Just recently, um, I exercised a person who had walked with the Lord for many years. He had been in a, a drug addictive uh, situation prior to coming to Christ and served Christ for a number of years. Then slowly under circumstances that were evidenced uh, external to himself, he went slowly back into his addictive um, habits prior to coming to Christ. That man ended up possessed. I had a deliverance session uh, with him in the Philippines in my most recent trip. And uh, I, was, I was standing behind him, didn't see the manifestation on his face. I had three other pastors there who were actually standing um, in front of him. And they said his whole physiognomy changed and it looked like a frog. Wow. Incredible stuff. Okay, now <laughs> that was lovely, I know it is, uh, and it is uh, a challenge for people who might be listening to a conversation similar to this for the first time. Yes. Uh, but we are aware of this idea of oppression of demons, uh, possession of demons. Let me add another dimension in here, uh, which may actually be more common in a Western. Uh, nation like Australia, perhaps with its uh, secularization, this idea of deception. So you've got oppression, you've got possession, and deception as what may be a purpose uh, for what a demonic being might have on the life of a person. What are your thoughts on deception? Deception is very real. I mean, Satan very clearly is a deceiver. Uh, he dece- and uh, right, we see this deception, of course, going right back to Genesis, don't we? In the garden where um, Eve uh, was deceived by Satan to partake of the fruit. And then the scripture you know, very clearly indicates that Adam uh, willingly partook of that fruit. So there is, a, there is a sense in which Satan has been involved in deception all along. He deceives people particularly in, uh, you know, as people are pursuing, uh, looking for uh, things in life that have meaning. And so we find with young people, many young people today are living without a hope. And so because they're living without a hope, um, you know, all they are being presented with is you live to die. They're looking for something real. And very often this leads them, not always, uh, leads them into uh, exploration into drugs and what I have discovered is that long-term drug use opens a person up to demonic possession we've de- I've delivered many many uh, drug users over the years um, from demonic powers all begins with a deception if you try this you're going to experience something which is quite abnormal and it will be good 
for you. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.